0: Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini.
1: Well, the top of the morning to you. Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Today, we are going to cover how to stay upbeat in overwhelming times. It's really about minding your business, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Mind your business. Don't be getting caught up in everyone else's business. And that's really one of the ways to stay upbeat in overwhelming times. We live in a world today that has a conflagration of social media, regular media, of opinions that just are rank, outlandish. Uh, We have clickbait. We have everything in the world trying to get us worked up, out of sorts, not focusing on the good life we're trying to live, but focus on what everyone else is trying to do. And so today, I want to coach you up a little bit. I want to encourage you today to mind your business and stay upbeat in overwhelming times. Mind your business. That's what my mother used to say. You know, growing up in Ireland, our main form of communication was gossip in the pubs, in the community, in the neighborhood. You know, I lived on a street where there were 47 houses. I knew every single name of every single person who lived on the street. And everyone on the street knew everything about my business too. And so my mother used to say all the time, mind your business, mind your business, don't get caught up in it, mind your business. It was good advice then. I think it's life-saving advice now. Here's the three main points I'm gonna cover with you today. We're gonna talk about how to eliminate the negative. We're gonna talk about how to accentuate the positive. And then lastly, we're exactly going to talk about how to mind our business. Now, if those first two points sound familiar to you, they are. Because it's an old Bing Crosby song. He used to sing this with the Andrews sisters back in the day when they do their USO tours during World War II. My mom used to have this song on the record player a lot while she was uh, cleaning the house. We all were, you know, small little house. We danced with our mom and whatever else. And so, He'd say, you've got to accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. Latch on to the affirmative and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You've got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum. Have faith or pandemonium is likely to walk upon the scene. I can picture my mom dancing around, whirling around while she was cleaning and she'd grab our hands and dance with us. And then we'd sing it with us, you know, and I, I'd try to do my best Bing Crosby accent when I was a kid, you know, and he'd get in to illustrate in his last remark, Jonah in the whale, Noah in the ark. What did they do just when everything looks so dark? Man, they said we'd better accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-between. Now, how many podcasts are you going to listen to today where they're going to be singing Bing Crosby? Not many. But think about it. That was in World War II. There was a lot of hardcore stuff going on. The very battle for Western civilization was going on. There was fascists on the march. There was tremendous atrocities being committed. There was a world at war. There was tremendous deprivation. They weren't just stay-at-home orders. They were trying not to get killed by staying home. They had rationing of the basic foods, bread, milk, butter, sugar. Everything was rationed. And this was the song that Bing and the Andrews sisters took all over the world. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. That's what I want to talk to you about today, because here's the thing. These are trying times, but they're certainly by far not the most trying times. But they are trying times. And what they are is more psychologically trying times than we're dealing with physical hardship. So we need to eliminate the negative. And I have a few things that I've been practicing in my life that has really helped me that I'm going to share with you. So here's a couple of things I'm going to encourage you to do. First of all, we're going to go on a news fast. Go on a news fast. You take a little break. You know, sometimes the body needs a fast. I like to do a fast every Sunday, whether it's I just take green drinks or sometimes just water, but I'll try to get away from my regular diet and kind of let the body catch up on all the stuff that's going on. I've fast paced, high stress lifestyle, and so I like to do a fast. Well, I do a news fast. The British Psychology Society found that people who watch negative material, as compared to those who watch positive or neutral material, showed an increase in both anxious and sad moods after only 14 minutes of viewing television news, bulletins, and programs. 14 minutes before they start seeing. Signs of being down, being anxious, being sad. Fourteen minutes, you know. People, ah, just I'll just watch a little bit of it. A little bit's all you need, you know. Colin Powell said, "Bad news isn't wine; it doesn't improve with age." Another great quote I love is, "The news is basically someone just saying good evening, and then giving you a list of reasons why it's not." Manu Joseph said, "You acquire a new kind of intelligence when you stay away from instant news." And Gloria Berger, who's a, a news pundit herself, said. For most folks, no news is good news. For the press, good news is not news. So let me ask you this. Could you carve back? Can you cut down? Some people, oh, no, it's this political season. I need to know what's going on. Really? Really? Do you? Are you working in Congress? Do you work in the Senate? Is that what you do? Is that what you need to have? I mean, if you voted, you voted, right? You're Good. Wash your hands. Go move on. Deal with the outcomes and away we go. That's it. You know, we got to mind our own business. So at the very least, can you reduce, can you reduce, can you reduce, can you eliminate the negative? Next, I'm going to encourage you to delete the apps. You know, there's a lot of time wasted on apps. In fact, the average person spends three hours a day on their phone. That's 11 years over an average lifespan. Okay? It's a lot of time wasted. A recent study showed that negative social media experiences increase depressive symptoms. A 10% increase in negative experience is 20% increase in depressive symptoms. The number one mental condition in our world today is the increase and encroachment of depressive symptoms and depression. And what are we doing? We're feeding it. When we check out the clickbait, even if we agree with it, even if we agree with it, it doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't put you in a better condition. And I've watched this. I, I have some people that I know well, and I've watched them during these times of difficulties and pandemics and political upheaval. and I've watched them just consume media constantly. And I'll be candid with you. People I've known for years and years, it's almost impossible to have a conversation with them. And I'm just so concerned for them as I've seen this shift in mood, and I've seen them get sick, and I've seen them get really out of sorts. And I watch this, and it's, it's concerning. And so I'm just gonna say, you gotta eliminate the negative. Cutting back on the news, deleting the apps. If something gets you worked up, get it worked out. Something gets you worked up, delete. Nope, it's not worth my time. I'm not giving myself over to that. And speaking about conversations because things have become so heated now. I referred somebody the other day in my network to another very influential person. And I wanted these two folks to get together to synergize and brainstorm because I believe they had synergies in common that would be very successful for both of them and make them both money and grow both their businesses. So I refer this one guy to this other guy. The other guy gets back. I said, how was the call? He said, well, it was good. Started out kind of strange. The guy asked me who I voted for. And based on my answer was kind of determining whether he was going to help me out or not, or give me input or not. And I said, ah, you know, I'm sure he's a quality guy. But um, I'm not sure I want to do business with him. Now, here's the thing, as a major emotional withdrawal out of my bank account, because I'm the one who referred this guy in the first place. And so he's so consumed, he's watching this stuff, and here's the thing: He just damaged a new relationship, but he damaged an old relationship. How likely am I when I have another business opportunity to go and present it to him, because he's such a hardcore guy, he can only do people? who think the same way he does, who vote the same way he does. Forget that noise. And that's why it's important in our interactions. We have to de-escalate the conversations. De-escalate the conversations. We've got to listen. We've got to allow for diversity of thought. And then just fight our own need to be right. Just fight our own need to be right. I, I can listen to someone and they can go and do their thing. I value the relationship more highly. Now, I will say when I'm in these situations and someone wants to rant and rail, I'm not as likely to pick up the phone and have the next conversation, if you know what I mean. It's very easy to create dissent. It is difficult to create peace. One of my favorite books in the Bible talks about blessed are the peacemakers. And so we have to de-escalate the conversation. So we've got to eliminate the negative. News fast. Delete the apps and de-escalate the conversations, okay? You know, there are some great tools out there to help with this. Uh, in fact, a neat resource I want to recommend to you is called Crucial Conversations. It's a great book, but they've also built it into a training program. And we've actually put that training program inside our company. Why? Well, we're the number one small business coaching company in North America. And our coaches, they love on their clients. They support their clients. They teach them the referral systems. They teach them how to run their businesses. They teach them how to have balance in their life. And on occasion, there's difficult conversations to have. And so how do you have a crucial conversation with someone as a coach where you need to kind of challenge, encourage, or hold accountable someone, uh, and then at the same time do it in a way that they know you're absolutely in their corner. So so we brought in these guys, and it was fantastic. And so I encourage you to read that book. It's uh, a, a fantastic book called Crucial Conversations. Remember Chris Voss? Well, he was the FBI's lead negotiator. We actually did uh, episode 161. So uh, check out The Brian Buffini Show episode 161, is called Never Split the Difference, which is the name of his best-selling book. And he says, he who has learned to disagree without being disagreeable has discovered the most valuable secret of negotiation. Powerful stuff. So we want to eliminate the negative and do it with skill, right? We want the news fast, we want to delete the apps, and we want to de-escalate the conversations because there's a lot of escalation, okay? Second major point I have for you today is to accentuate the positive. How do we do that? Well, get back to reading is my first thought. And I'm saying that to you because I had to say it to myself. Because I found myself, as an avid reader for most of my adult life, getting out of the habit, drifting away. Yesterday, I did something I haven't done in a long time, which is I scheduled a day off to start my week. And I did a little bit of work in in the morning. I had some financial stuff to do. And then I took three hours and I sat up on, on what we call Beverly's Perch. If you've ever seen any of our Facebook lives, I think Anna gave a little tour. So we have this patio that sits out over has a kind of a two hundred and seventy degree view of ocean and mountains and golf courses and all that stuff. Beautiful place, nice breeze. And I sat up there and I read a book called Learned Optimism. And it was just it was it was delicious. I didn't bring my phone. Now, I wear my Apple Watch all the time to calculate my steps and how much I'm walking and moving. But I turned off the ringer on the Apple Watch, and I just read this book, a brilliant book. I got to highlight, underline, and, and just let my mind go there. Boy, you know what it was like? It was like a vacation. It was like a vacation. It was like I'd gone to Hawaii. That's what it felt like, sitting on my own patio, enjoying the breeze, just soaking in some war class content. And so get back to reading. You know, a Statista, who we research a lot for our facts and stats, says on average Americans age 20 to 34 spend seven minutes a day reading. The overall population averages 16 minutes a day. I, I think we're becoming largely uneducated in the things that matter most because we're losing the ability to, to read in context. You know, when you read in sound bites, you don't get context. You learn to prejudge things. You react to things. The news media, because they're under such pressure to release a story first, they make prejudgments of situations. In fact, many times, it's months later, you find out the realities. We have situations today where we've had people riot because of a perception of a situation and how it was reported. And then you find out weeks and months later, oh my gosh, no, that was totally misunderstood, mistaken, and there was a riot where damage was done and people were hurt in reaction to it. We're losing our sense of context, and that's why reading is so powerful, because when you take the time to sit and read and soak, you get context, you get understanding, you also get a chance for your mind to work and your mind to actually process and unprocess at the same time. Very, very powerful. My mentor, Jim Rohn said, miss a meal if you have to, but don't miss a book. F. Scott Fitzgerald said, this is part of the beauty of all literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings, that you're not lonely and isolated from anyone. You belong. Isolation, loneliness, and depression are the three fastest growing dynamics of the particular year we're in. And the fact of the matter is when you read a book, you find out I'm not alone. Oh my gosh, other people think this way. Other people feel this way. I mean, it's just great stuff. I remember when Beverly and I went to a marriage conference. We're a couple of years into our marriage, and we're sitting there, and there was a guy on stage, and he was kind of a comedian, and he was bringing up situations in his own marriage. And the whole conference room was split sideways. Why? Because everyone in the room was experiencing that in their marriage, but, like, it's something you never tell anyone. And so little things that were coming up, and all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, it was funny because everybody's going through the same thing. Oh, my gosh, everyone's having the same... Experience. Well, that happens with the book. And it happens with the book because it allows you to examine your thought life and to have your thought life affirmed in regards to this is what other people are thinking. And you're not alone. You're not isolated. You're not crazy. You're not mad. One of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, says, literature adds to reality. It does not simply describe it. It enriches the necessary competencies that daily life requires and provides. And in this respect, it irrigates the deserts that our lives have already become. <laughs> Whoa. Let's just spend an hour in that one, why don't we? Okay, great stuff. Great stuff. And that's why all of the answers we're looking for and all the things we need for heart, mind, soul, body, success, it's all sitting there and people have come before us and they've written it down and they've recorded it for us and it's all available. The truth of the matter is there's no secrets to success. It's all out there. I certainly don't have any secrets. All I've done is I report on what I've done from where I've learned it. That's all. I've read these books. I've gone to these classes. I've applied these things in my life. And I make no bones about it. Here I am. I'm a successful man. I'm 30 years married to the same woman who's the love of my life. I have six terrific kids and a couple of great grandkids. And you know what? My kids are awesome. They love each other. They're all out of the house, but they all come back regularly. They love hanging out together. They interact together. They're great friends. They're in each other's corners, and they're all achievers. I make no apologies for that. I've made apologies for this in the past because I didn't want people to feel bad if they have problems in their life. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. My life, whether it be the financial success I've enjoyed, the family success I enjoy, the business success I enjoy, is the practical applications of these very things that I found for almost nothing. I learned to become a millionaire from reading The Richest Man in Babylon. I've read that book to you. I've recorded that in the podcast. I've given it to you. There's no secrets. There's no secrets to success. There's no secrets to being happy. There's no secrets to having a great marriage. There's no secrets to having a great health and great finance. There's no secrets at all. It's all out there. But I'll tell you where it's not. It's not on the nightly news. It's not on some app that's trying to get you to do clickbait. It's not in some negative conversation with some person who's decided that I'm a pessimistic person who believes in my pessimistic philosophy and I want to get people on board with my pessimism. And by the way, pessimism is the one-way ticket to depression. Because when people believe that nothing can be done and nothing can be improved, they spend their life proving that out. This is the good stuff. Mind your business. Eliminate the negative. Put the good stuff in. Accentuate the positive. I encourage you to listen to non-manipulative input, unbiased sources. So when I want to know stuff about the economy, I go to the Fed, or I read reports from my own banks. I go to tax preparers. I find sources of researchers who actually do the work. And if you really want to know the stuff, just you can't be lazy about it. you got to protect your mind like it's a newborn baby. You know, we have a grandson who's four months old, and recently my son and his bride took off for a a day or so and they left the grandkids with me and Bev and it was awesome kind of go without sleep again and remember what that's all about and whatever else but we had this little boy and he's four months old and you got to protect him you got to surround him you got to nurture him you got to hold him you got to cradle him you got to protect him well that's the way our subconscious minds are and we've got to protect him and like I said 14 minutes of watching the bad stuff it's like leaving a baby unattended for 14 minutes I'll just sit in the corner go figure it out So we've got to put the good stuff in. Find those sources. Johann von Goethe was one of the earlier philosophical geniuses, and he said, it's easier to perceive error than to find truth. For the former lies on the surface and is easily seen, while the latter lies in the depth where few are willing to search for it. My friend Zig Ziglar said, you can make positive deposits in your own economy every day by reading and listening to powerful, positive, life-changing content And by associating with people who bring hope. George Washington a few years ago said, Truth will ultimately prevail where there are pains to bring it to light. It will happen. Old Reagan said, Trust but verify. You can trust things, but you gotta verify that it's true. Okay? So don't be just giving yourself over to stuff. Like I said, I've had conversations where people were all worked up over something that was like, oops. Like one small little fact was missing that changes everything. But they'd been worked up for quite some time. They'd lost sleep over it. They had given over their subconscious mind. The baby was not protected. The last thing I want to share with you is a great quote, which is, perfect love casts out fear. You know, if you want to eliminate the negative, most negative stirs up for people fear. Again, Zig Ziglar used to call it false evidence appearing real. There is so much false evidence today because of the world we live in and the speed of it. I'll keep saying it. It's the one dynamic that we face that our predecessors did not. They had other issues they had to face that we don't. But we get to face this dynamic of falsehood being communicated in a rapid pace and being repeated and going viral. False evidence appearing real. It creates fear. It creates fear, and fear does not improve anything. Fear is designed into the human physiology and psychology. To create a fight or flight response. That's what fear is for. It's designed to engage where we automatically react with adrenaline and it spurs us into action. It raises the heartbeat, it elevates the stress levels. You're supposed to elevate. If you're being attacked by a lion, you should have your stress levels elevated. If you're like, man, chill out. No, you're lunch. You're lunch. So it's fight or flight. You either better stand and fight, which means all of those chemicals react and you have the physical response to fight or you better run. That's what fear is designed for. If Everything is good. Fear is a good thing. But what happens is when we are constantly exposing ourselves to the negative, we're having those same triggers all the time. And that's why anxiety is at such a high level. That's why hypertension is at such a high level. Very, very negative for our physical bodies. And so what is the opposite of fear? It's love. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Perfect love Casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So you got to love yourself to not expose yourself to this constant negativity. You got to love others enough to not engage fear for them. Don't be a spreader of fear. Don't take your fears. Some of us are synergistic by nature, which means we need to talk things out. I'm one of those people. I need to talk things out. I, I clarify my thoughts by talking them out. The problem is you can't synergize your fears because you're spreading your fears. And now you're doing damage to other people. So perfect love for yourself and for others casts out fear. So what do we do? We've got to accentuate the positive. Get back to reading. What's a book that you own, you've already paid for don't need to spend any money, that either has blessed you in the past or you have yet to read it, but you know it would help you feel, think better, that you haven't cracked open? What's your list? The other day I put together piles of books for the next three months. On one hand, it was kind of daunting because I'm like, man, I've been wanting to get to these for a while. And then number two, it's like hope. It's like, okay, great. This is going to be awesome. And like I said, I just had an experience yesterday with it that was rejuvenating and invigorating. Here's the thing. The book I read yesterday has nothing to do with today's broadcast, but you better believe it has tremendous influence on today's broadcast because it put me in a great frame of mind. Okay? That happened because of the input. So get back to reading. Listen to non-manipulative input. And remember, perfect love casts out fear. Last but not least, my mother's advice for all of us, mind your business, mind your business. Here's a couple of things to think about. First of all, let's talk politics, right? I just want you to know the politicians aren't thinking about you and they're not thinking about me. So here's my best advice, don't think about them. They're not tuning in to watch a television program on you tonight. They're not. They're not going to examine everything you say, not at all. The only interest they have is your vote. And once they have your vote, they are on to their own business, their mind and their business. I'm not calling them good. I'm not calling them bad. I'm just saying they're in a different business than you and I. You know, the word politicize, according to Webster, is to manipulate a fact towards a position or feeling. Now, imagine having your job description as that you are a politician. And then Mr. Webster describes your job as to manipulate a fact towards a position or feeling to manipulate a fact you see and that's the dynamic we live in today right multiple sets of facts and the reason being is that they are politicized and they're politicized based on view so don't be thinking about them they're not thinking about you if you cast your vote great then forget about it live with the consequences be a big boy be a big girl move on mind your own business let them mind their own Now, none of this is new, right? Eliminate the negative and accentuate the positive are the words of a song from the 1940s. Mind in your own business. That's been around a long time. Epictetus was a Greek Stoic philosopher born around 50 AD. Here's what he said. Keep your attention focused entirely on what is truly your own concern and be clear that what belongs to others is their business and none of yours. So guess what? Like I said, there are no secrets. It's not an original thought here. But this is wisdom from a couple thousand years ago. And how much do you get worked up about something that's none of your business? That's somebody else's business, you know? And so that's a big deal. Next, your business is in the five circles. Spiritual, family, business, financial, and personal. We launched this year a five circle fit, helping people to get up to speed and in good shape in all five circles. That's what I focus on. That's what I focus on myself. And that's minding my business, my own spiritual life, my walk with God, my family and relationships. Man, there's enough to keep me busy there. My business, Lord above, there's more than enough to keep me busy there. Finances, managing your finances. Let me say this, the amount of neglect that's in the average person's finances. Less than 50% of people have a budget. Less than 50% of people have a will. Just basic stuff. Yet, we're all worked up and watching the news, hours and hours and hours on end, but we don't have time to do a will. You could do a will online in about a half hour. You can do a budget in a day or two, change your life. But no, we're worked up watching this, that, and the other. Five circle fit. What about physically? I mentioned I have my Apple Watch. For the past three and a half months, I haven't missed a single day of the three circles. The exercise circle, the standing circle, and the movement circle. I'm minding my business. I'm taking care of my own business. Instead of sitting down watching the news, I'm out. Okay, it's evening time. Dinner happened. Oh great. You know what? I haven't hit me circles time for the three mile walk. Okay? And away we go. Hank Williams Jr., the great singer songwriter, said, If you mind your own business, you'll stay busy all the time. No doubt about it. Leon Brown's a baseball player, and we've used his quotes so many times, and he says, Let people do what they need to do to make them happy. Mind your business and do what you need to do to make you happy. Well said, Leon. Lastly, pick the area in most need of help. When you're looking at spiritual, family, business, financial, and personal, I always encourage people to look at the one circle that's kind of like a flat tire right now. Because when you have a flat tire in one of the circles, the whole wheel thumps when it goes around. So if you have a financial flat tire, if you have a physical flat tire, if you have a relational flat tire, how can you make some kind of progress in that one area right now okay and that's why we need to focus our attention on that which is most important that's why we check out we check out in other people's story we check out into reality tv why did reality tv explode here were these really screwed up people on tv who were willing to overshare and it gave this feeling of authenticity but the truth of the matter is you know when you're looking at a screwed up family on tv it's easy to get engaged with that instead of focus on the stuff you need to work on in your own family. When you see a reality TV about some guy's screwed up business, and this guy comes in from out of town and exposes how screwed up the business is, or the bar is, or the hotel is, they have a reality show for every one of these things. It's easy to do that because we're able to disconnect and, oh man, can you believe how screwed up that person is? What would it be like if that person came to your house in that area of your life? What if you were on reality TV? Okay? You know, my dad used to say, don't tell me your problems, I have painters of me on. And when I find myself drifting towards criticism, I stop and go, man, I got enough to work on. I got enough to work on. And again, our friend Epictetus says, the more we value things outside our control, the less control we have. Marcus Aurelius, again, several thousand years ago, probably the mightiest of all the Caesars, says, You have power over your mind, not of outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. Powerful stuff. All I will say is we need to mind our business. Eliminate the negative. Accentuate the positive and mind our business. Take care of business. I'm challenging you to do it. I'm encouraging you to do it. I'm pleading with you to do it because the good life awaits you. Focus on what you can focus on. Focus on the good stuff. Eliminate the other stuff. Focus on being the best and having the best life that you can, and then be a shining example of that. Not perfect. I'm not a perfect man, but I'll tell you this. I live a good life, and so I share the best of what I have with other people, and you go do the same. That's how we make a difference in this world, by living a good life and by being real with it, and then letting people be attracted to that real, and then we share that with them. Okay? And that's my hope for all of you. Well, normally when I finish up one of these broadcasts, I finish up with my mom's Irish blessing. But today we're going to do something different. We're going to finish up with that little song that my mom introduced me to years ago. Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. From a sweet old bygone time, but the words are true then and they were true now. I hope this has been helpful for you today. I hope you mind your business. I hope you, this has helped you stay upbeat. In overwhelming times, we'll catch you next time.
0: You got to accentuate the positive, eliminate to negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mister In Between. You got to spread joy up to the maximum. Bring gloom. Down to the minimum, have faith Or pandemonium, liable to walk upon the sea To illustrate his last remark Jonah in the whale, Noah in the ark What did they do just when everything looked so dark? Man, they said we better accentuate the positive Elim. Find it to negative, latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between, no, do not mess with Mr. In-Between, do you hear me? Oh, listen to me chillin' You will hear about eliminating of the negative And an accent on a positive and Gather round me chilling if you're willing And sit tight while I start reviewing The attitude of doing right You gotta accentuate the positive V I need the negative. Latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You got to spread, John. Up to the maximum. Bring glue down, down to the minimum, minimum then. Otherwise, otherwise, pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Well, illustrate my last remark. You got the floor, jo- Jonah. Well, Noah, in, in the dark, what did they say? What did they say? Say when everything looks so dark. Man, they say we better accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. Well, that's John to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mister In Between. No, don't mess with Mr. In-Between.